0: Hello, my name is Reagan Rose, I'm the creator of Redeeming Productivity, and you're listening to The Local Youth Worker Podcast by RYM. One, two,
1: one, two, three. Hello everyone, welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. This is episode number 432, and as you heard from the tagline, I have Reagan Rose back with me. Um, at this point I've lost count Reagan, if this is four or five, six times, I I don't know, but it's it's good to see (laughs) you. I
0: love it. Every time I always enjoy getting to talk with you on here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was good catching up before we hit record. And as I said, I should have hit record about 10 minutes ago. Um, just because of all we were talking about with social media and, um, yeah, uh, but yeah, looking forward to to jumping in and, and talking about a lot and reminding people about redeeming productivity, I want to continually point people to your ministry and to your website and just the courses that are available, your podcast, YouTube channel, all of that stuff. Um, I wanted to zoom in on some uh, specific um, articles and content that you've been talking about lately, and then we'll kind of circle back and and get into that. Um, I think this week you've been talking about the idol of competence Well, which was interesting, um, but you also had some content talking about um, Christian minimalism. Uh, maybe you, you might've just said minimalism. Uh, did you label it Christian? Minimalism? I think I said I something read.
0: along the lines of, should Christians be minimalists? Cause it's just a big trend, okay. you know,
1: still. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I would just point people to again, YouTube channel to check that out, uh, your blog, talking about it, podcasts. Um, but you said something in there that was interesting, and you might have brought this up on our podcast before, but I'd love to hear the story that. You lived in an RV for a time, yeah. um, and maybe married and lived in an RV. I cannot remember. I'd love to just hear okay that story and how you got there, and uh, yeah, talk about that a little yeah, bit.
0: it was it was kind of by accident, and that's that's what I joke about in the article. And minimalism is, I I was an accidental minimal, minimalist, is what I say, because my wife and I, 2014, we moved out to Los Angeles to go to seminary, and uh, we initially got an apartment out there. But as anyone knows, like it's really expensive in Southern California to live there. And we had met some folks at church who were staying in an RV and they had like five kids, I believe. And they lived in an RV. RV. It was like a big, big (laughs) RV with like slide outs and all this stuff. But they, they lived like a campground. And we went over there for dinner or lunch or something after church one day. And like that just started the conversation. We were like, we could do that yeah, we could do that. And I just started, you know, all these Excel spreadsheets. And I was like, we'd save a ton of money. And so we did it. I bought this old, I think it was like a 2002 RV. And we found this campground in the middle of nowhere that we could stay like month to month rent. And it caught, co- it was like so cheap. And so we did that for four years in a row <laughs> total while we lived out there. Uh, and part of that, we actually downsized, which is the joke. We downsized to uh, like a van uh rv you know it had like a shower and everything in it but it was very small and so we would actually commute to work in that and our dog was in it like in the parking lot with like the air conditioner it was it was it was really wild and a lot of fun so i did it while my wife and i were married and our first child we brought him home from the hospital to the rv that was his first home (laughs) but we had just closed on a house actually signed for it in the hospital so we we quickly moved him into a residence cause it got, got a little hard once we had a baby in the mix there as well. But yeah, sure. it, it was, it was a wild time and required minimalism for sure to, uh, to try to cope with not having much space.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So did you have a second car as well to like run some errands and not take your whole yeah, house with, yeah. with you? Or so when
0: we lived in the big RV, the big one <laughs> air quotes, um, that one, we had cars that we used to commute back and just, it just stayed in place. You could drive. It, it was one with like a, a cab that you could drive. And so we did a lot of trips and stuff on the weekends, but, um, we drove back and forth to work. Once we got the van, we sold all the cars and we were just actually, we still had one car if I remember right. And, but we still just drove everywhere in the van. Cause you didn't have to like put it up on jacks or anything. It was like a normal, well, not a normal side, but it was a large van and you could park in a normal parking spot. So it wasn't hard to move.
1: Wow. So, um, did you all, I mean, get rid of clothing of other possessions that you, you guys owned when you, when you did this, yeah. I mean, talk a, a bit yeah, about Yeah, like
0: ev- everything, like we, I, I wish I had a, a picture, I was trying to go back through my pictures when I was talking about this to try to find a picture of the closet, my, my closet, it was very small, <laughs> like I cannot, it must've been less than 20 uh, articles of clothing that I had. Um, and thankfully I worked in an environment where like, we wore like suits and stuff every day. So you can kind of cycle through, if you have mm-hmm. two suits, you can do some different combos <laughs> and stuff. Uh, yeah, but we have very little, nice. um, the campground did have like an area at the back where you could store some things. So we had a few like bins back there, like all, for a long time, almost all my books were back there. I had to go dig through bins to find my books. That was the hard part, hardest part, wow. but yeah, yeah we, cool. we really had nothing. So when we, when we eventually did buy a house, we, um, uh, we had to like buy everything to furnish it and kind of rebuild our wardrobes and stuff.
1: Wow. Um, man, just so many questions there. Um, You know, I mean that, that experience you said four years Mm -hmm. total, how has that impacted just now? I mean, the possessions that you own now, what you seek to to buy or not have. um, And I know some of this might get into what you discussed on that um, episode.
0: Yeah, definitely much more selective. Like everything is, you like you develop the mindset of where am I going to put this when you had like, especially with the van, it was like, you didn't want to buy anything. And it wasn't about like spending the money. It was about, there's nowhere to put it. And so I have to get rid of something. (laughs) So that I think in a lot of ways is stuck with us. Like even the house we live in now is, is rather small. Um, and there's not much storage here either, which has been helpful. But I think part of even being comfortable in a smaller house is, is that we, I don't know, sort of trial by fire to recognize how much you actually, need, uh, to, mm-hmm. to live and, and kind of flourish. So definitely that mindset follows you.
1: Yeah, no, I know a lot of people do the whole minimalism lifestyle to travel more. Um, did you guys get to do that more? Uh, was that something you saw today? Yeah. And
0: so we did, I mean, being on the West coast, we did a lot. We did like all the national parks. We did lots of trips, especially once we had the van, like we were somewhere, um, every other weekend, probably, uh, we intended my intention actually, when we got the van was that we were going to take a year after I finished school, we were gonna go up into Canada. We were going to do like a big tour, but I ended up, um, getting a job out there. And so that's what, that's what ended our <laughs> tenure in the van. Um, but we did do get a lot of travel and that, that definitely was a big part of it. And we always look back on that, especially not having kids yet and stuff. It's like, we did some of the retirement type stuff. <laughs> a lot of the the things you want to do when you get older, we got to do it in our, in our twenties, which was fun. And so now that we've kind of like set our roots down, we don't really have that, that wanderlust anymore. We're going to got out of our system, which is good.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 That's just, that's fascinating. And it, yeah, there's just something I know is the kind of minimalism lifestyle was just becoming more trendy and you saw tiny houses mm-hmm. popping up left and right and shows talking about that. It, there's just something appealing about it. It does. Um, I mean, I, I know from a, a movie quote, it seems like a, a long time ago, the things you own end up owning yeah. you. And it's just, there, there's something kind of freeing about that. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's fascinating.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I completely agree with that. It, I, I even still like, it feels exciting to me when I get to get rid of something. It's so funny. Like it, it, there is a sense that you have to manage all this stuff and you, it just, there's a mental burden to how much you own Mm -hmm. um, and like the number of items and am I ever going to use this? And so I, I do think it's good. And I think some, I mean, it's not asceticism. Mm -hmm. I hope that's not what we want to be practicing obviously as believers, but I do think there's some level of detachment from material things that is very becoming for Christians where we're, we're careful not to set our hopes on the things that we have. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, falling into sort of the keeping up with the Jones thing, I think it's very, very easy. And I think I said this in the articles, you, you look at your own life and you look at your neighbor and like, you all own the same things. You have the same baubles, the same uh, trivialities and all that. And like, that's not necessarily bad, but it does. It, I do think it maybe should give us pause. Like, why do I have, if I'm a believer and I've like radically different outlook on the world and I have an eternal mindset, how is that that I am, at least by outward appearances, exactly the same amount of invested in worldly things as my neighbor. You know what I mean? Obviously our heart can be different to it yeah. and I'm not trying to cast aspersions. I'm the, I'm the same way, but that's something that always gives me pause is like a Christian's life and lifestyle ought to look different in some way. Um, that should, mm-hmm. that be some indication of what's going on in our heart.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I think, I think you're, you're always careful to not just draw, um, hard conclusions, you know, about people's hearts or, or anything like that, that there's always caution there. But I, I would definitely encourage if anyone's listening to this and they're interested in more of that discussion to go and, and check out that, uh, either YouTube video or podcast and, and blog that, uh, discusses that a little bit more because you, you, you just raise good questions for us to reflect and, and think about. Um, I do I want to talk to you about rest in just a little bit but um, I also want to talk more about redeeming productivity um, how, how long have you been at this site specifically now in this this ministry is this two or three years
0: yeah so this is in on March 1st uh, we'll be three years f- doing this full time I've been blogging okay. and doing redeeming productivity as a blog since about 2016 um, about so I, I just have done it as a side thing for I guess eight years now, Um, but now it's, it's the main thing I focus on all my time on.
1: Okay. I I would, I'd like to hear that too. Just when you decided to go at this full time, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you know, risky. Um, That's uh, I know there's some appropriate fear Mm -hmm. in doing that. Uh, Now that you've been doing that and this is your, your full-time thing, just how's it been for you?
0: Yeah, it's been good. I mean, I feel like I, I wrestle with it even month to month, about like was this a good decision or not just to be honest with you sure. and whoever's sure, yeah. listening um <laughs> it has worked out by god's grace you know and it's been able to provide for our family and a couple other people i, I contract and do stuff with but um yeah it the decision was really hard like it was a long time doing it as like a side thing and mm-hmm. you know there was always kind of the back of my head that'd be so cool that focus all my energies on this but i had i had good jobs. I was working in ministries and stuff. And I was very, very happy with the things I was doing, but it really was actually around 2020 that we were living in California. And we were like, we want to get back home. Um, which is Michigan is home Mm -hmm. for us. My wife and I both grew up here and my mom's here. Her parents are both here, a lot of relatives. And so during the whole COVID thing, we, we made the decision that it was time to, we were starting to, we were having our second was on the way. We're like, we're and I get home, have the grandparents be part of their lives. So with that decision. That was kind of like the half step. That's what got us home. Ended up working uh, for a friend, doing some like news type stuff for a while. Um, that really it was not my thing. <laughs> it was really burning me out after six months of that. And my wife turned to me and she was like, well, "What are you going to do? Like, you're you're doing this you're doing productivity thing still. You're waking up early in the morning to do this, and you're doing this other thing, uh, this news thing that you don't want to keep doing." Like. We we sold our house in California. I should mention that, and we had like a little bit of money. And she said, "Now is probably the best opportunity you'll ever have to try to do it full time. Let's try it." And we kind of put a number on how much money we would burn before I just, like said, "Okay, I'm going to find a real job." And uh, <laughs> by God's grace, we never went through any of that money. It actually throwing. I, I got to be cautious saying this too, because it's not always the best advice. So I'm, so I'm just saying this is what worked out for us in the Lord's providence. Putting mm-hmm. my full attention on it was the thing that enabled me to do it full time. Like it's, it's kind of like this cart before the horse thing. Sometimes when you're thinking about turning like a, a side hustle or whatever into your full time thing, uh, you wonder, should I get to the point where it replaces my income? Like logic would tell you that's what you should do. But I think it was hmm. um, Aaron Wren. He writes The Masculinist, if you read him ever. He, I remember he wrote an issue of that and where he was talking about side hustles. And he said, you cannot underestimate the tax of having your your mind split between two focuses. And that was kind of the, hmm. one of the things that put me over the edge. And I said, let's just try it. And by God's grace, like I said, you know, a few months into it, we were able to, to make a, a good enough income from it, where it actually supported our family. And we were like, Hey, this is viable.
1: Yeah. I just, I find it fascinating and I'm positive. So many people out there listening, you know, have those thoughts of, you know, investing all uh, you know times in in various passions and things like that. And so just admire that. And like you're saying, you're not necessarily telling everyone, Hey, go quit your job tomorrow and go do that (laughs) that thing. But um, it's, it's been neat to watch and to continue to keep up with your ministry and see how the Lord is using it. And I uh, would love for you to just talk a little bit more uh, about what redeeming productivity is doing. Uh, I'd love to, for you to talk about the side and then I'd love to hear some more about the classes as yeah, well. Yeah, For
0: sure. Um, yeah. So redeeming productivity is basically a ministry that focuses on helping believers develop a biblical worldview about personal productivity. So I like to think that it's, it's a unique blend of, of sort of applying biblical theology to how we think about our work and getting things done and blending that with, how do I practically do this day to day? And so the the name, I think, hopefully captures it all is we're trying to take this concept of productivity, which is, I think, been stolen by the world, you know, in the business world, and we think mm-hmm. oh, productivity, efficiency, all this, and reclaim it, redeem it, and think, no, this is a matter of fruitfulness how do we how do we glorify god through what we're getting done do this in a in a way that pleases him but also be effective in it and so i i write articles and a newsletter and and podcasts and videos trying to help people think through these matters and give them sort of practical advice like what software should i use you know how do i keep a good to do list and the 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 pinnacle of it is we have a lot of free resources but we have this thing called the redeeming productivity academy and we've got a bunch of courses and accountability and sort of these goal challenge things. We've developed a nice little community of believers who are learning this stuff together. We do workshops and all of that, and encouraging each other in these things. And that's that's where you can get the the courses. And uh, we do like a book club, all that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been the that's sort of the paid side of it that enables us to su- support our family and the ministry and all the the free stuff we're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's impressive. Um, I mean, one, I like the, the look of your site. It's just easy to kind of navigate through. Um, but then as you, you click on, um, the, the redeeming productivity Academy and you see courses, I mean, I'm I'm just kind of scrolling. It looks like there are eight courses now uh, available. Um, maybe talk about, uh, I don't know, the, the latest one that, that's been released and maybe even some that might be on the horizon. As yeah, well.
0: yeah. So we the latest one is uh, Optimize Your Week, and it basically walks you through how to create a plan for your week. Like a lot of times we have sort of goals we're trying to reach or different areas we're trying to manage, uh, even just like the habits of, of trying to keep up with your daily routines, reading the Bible, all that kind of stuff and that's a big thing time management in general so this course tackles creating a a plan for your week sort of just a general plan what are the themes for each day when are the best times for me to focus on the most important stuff all of that and it takes you by the hand step by step through creating one of those for yourself and we have different examples for um, we have one for pastors specifically, cause that's a very unique, uh, area of time management, um, where you, your time is sort of in your hands and there's often not people telling you what you need to do at what times. Um, so we have a couple of examples, uh, helping pastors specifically with some for homemakers, all that kind of stuff. Um, coming up, we actually, the next thing we have coming out is, uh, if people are familiar with the app notion, it's sort of like a all in one productivity thing I've. I developed a a template for it, and then we have that's been like private to the academy. I have a a version two of that coming out in the next couple of weeks here with a full course to walk you through it. It, it helps you manage everything from prayer requests uh, to um, your to dos to projects, goals, even like your notes, wow. all of that stuff. I've been working on it for I think eighteen months. So over a year, wow. I, I did version one, and then I've been working on the second version for over a year, using it myself and with some of the people in our county, kind of beta testing it. So that's that's gonna be a big one, and I'm hoping that can really serve folks in the church who are trying to trying to manage their life uh, all in one place with one tool. I think Notion's kind of the the best opportunity to do that, and this template brings a little bit more structure to it for people.
1: Wow, that's amazing! 18 months. Um, so so somebody just picked one of these courses and. Uh, downloaded it. Is it, uh, what do they, what do they get? Is it a, t- you know, PDFs and um, all, yeah, just talk about some of the nuts and bolts. Yeah. Up.
0: So they're all like a uh, video based instruction. So they range from 45 minutes to two hours, depending on the course. Um, and so they kind of follow a similar format where we talk about biblical basis for the thing we're talking about, how we think about as Christians, for example, we have a goal uh, a course on goal setting. We have a course on morning routines, right? And then we go into the practicals and we go nuts and bolts through each step for setting this up for yourself, addressing common issues that, and going through examples and all that. And they all have like a workbook that comes with them. And usually, um, yeah, I think all of them have worksheets as well too. Like we have a worksheet for, creating setting up the math for figuring out how you're going to create your morning routine we have one for how you can like a repeatable sheet you can use to set goals and stuff in a way that we're creating a a framework of prayer around that you're thinking through how does this honor god how am i going to make sure i'm being intentional with it so we've tried to hit it from all angles and give give people all of those resources in each of the course
1: Yeah, that's, that's great. So if anyone's out there listening, and they're thinking, okay, I'm not the most organized person, I'm struggling. Well, is there a certain course you would say, okay, do this one first? What's what's the one you'd say? Yeah,
0: I usually tell people, to do the power mornings is the name of our morning routine course. It's an acronym stands for a prayer, organize word exercise reading. It's kind of like the five elements I think that would make for a good morning routine. And I kind of offer a justification for each of those in the course. That's a great one because it gets you into a consistent habit with walking with the Lord daily. That's the most important part of it is a lot of people come in and they're, they're not being consistent with their daily devotions, that kind of stuff. And this helps you develop a habit and deal with most every of the common issues that keep you inconsistent for it. We kind of go through them one by one and you actually create a plan that you can stick with. So I always tell people to start there and you can kind of build on that. Once you have that discipline of that routine, then it becomes it's sort of a launching pad to get into the the deeper stuff of, okay, now I want to organize my commitments and my to-do list. Now I want to set some goals. Now I want to think even longer term.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that makes total sense. I mean, with redeeming productivity, I mean, to, to start with this foundation of, you know, our productivity does not make sense apart from the Lord. And, uh, to, to think of starting your mornings in this way. Um, yeah, so, so helpful. And I know you've got books as, as well. Um, and there is one just redeeming productivity is the yeah. Name of, your yeah. Life. And if you're
0: a reader, that's probably the best place to start. That kind of gives you the whole, the whole framework. It gives you a lot of the, the basic, um, practices as well that that we teach on Mm -hmm. um and that's a good one to start with redeeming productivity getting more done for the glory of god i think is the subtitle
1: yeah and did did i see that um you do coaching as well so i don't
0: do it personally we have a a guy james parker who does he's much more qualified than i am (laughs) he's uh he's actually just finishing up (laughs) his um biblical counseling certification acbc and he's been doing business and productivity coaching for years He's done like 1,500 hours. So we're like super aligned and we kind of joined hands uh, and said, hey, let's work together. So we have a bunch of people who work one-on-one with him. A lot of people who are entrepreneurs, a lot of pastors, and a lot of um, just folks who are trying to, they want a little bit more hand-holding one-on-one support for trying to get their life into order a little bit more.
1: Yeah. That Yeah, that's that's great. And again, just telling everyone going to redeemingproductivity.com. I'll have the the link down in the the show notes. Um but I'd love to to talk with you about rest as yeah. well. Um we know biblically speaking, work and rest go together. Um they're two sides of the same coin if you if you want to say that. And so in many ways, you know, it's our our, our productivity is going to be hindered if we're not also being disciplined in the way that we rest. And I'd love to just hear from you. What, what, are some things that have been restful for you? Some practices you try to keep in place to assist your productivity. Um, but we'd love to just yeah hear some thoughts that you have there. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Well, the first thing I would just say is like, I would just echo what you said, productivity and rest are not, they're not opposites. They're not antithetical to one another. Even you think biblically, you know, the Sabbath command, like six days shall you labor and the seventh is the Lord. Like it's, it's two. like you said, it's two sides. It's, it's, it's all part of living a Christ honoring life. And I think as we think about productivity as believers, the, we're not just thinking about work. We're thinking of a life of fruitfulness, which means obeying God. It means being faithful. And I think that I, I kind of just mentally categorize rest under productivity. It's part of the deal. It's not, it's not a pause from it. You need that. And um, if, if, if productivity is fruitfulness and faithfulness, um, part of that is going to be obeying God and, and taking rest and sort of admitting your creatureliness. So mm-hmm. that said, I, I think that there are there are certain types of rest that are more restful than others. And I think we've sure. talked about before, like there, there, there's sort of the easy stuff to do. And I think a lot of us, when we think of rest, it's, it's almost like coextensive with entertainment or amusement, like rest is a amu- like rest means watching TV, rest means video games, rest means scrolling my phone. And I've just personally found that those things are not as like, I think that it, it's sort of a myth that that actually is all that restful. I'm not saying those things are bad. Like I I do them too, t- to some extent, but like, there, I keep hearing this term online of high quality leisure, and that's really like stuck in my mind. And I think there is a type of rest that is higher quality. Um, and it takes a little bit more effort, but that doesn't make it less restful, you know, and it requires something from you. Um, I think of just going for a walk in creation, right? There's, there's a quality to that. You're, you're enjoying what God has made your, getting a little bit of exercise, all of that. And that sounds like I'm, I'm like trying to turn rest into into productivity. I'm just saying there's something about that where you feel more rested at the end of it. And I think that that actually makes sense when you really start to back up and think about it. Um, w- reading is a good one too. Getting off the devices and reading. Um, hobbies, any kind of hobby. There's There's something nice about taking your attention off of work and working on something else, and it's funny because like I just think, I think a lot of times we think rest means like being in a vegetative state, like you're turning your brain off.
1: Yeah, inactivity. Yeah, inactivity. Yeah. But
0: you can't do that. We all know that. And I mean, you can sleep, and like that is an important part of rest. But besides <laughs> yeah. when you need to be sleeping, what you do to rest is going to require some sort of exertion, mental or physical. And I, th- and I think we've sort of historically understood that. Uh, that people used to have hobbies. I heard someone say this, people used to have hobbies, now we have phones. And you know, I remember growing up, like pe- people you know, model trains or they were doing this or that. People don't do that anymore because we're on our devices. And I think that that's perhaps detrimental to our rest, mm-hmm. to the way the Lord has designed us, where we need to be focusing ourselves on something other than our work, other than making an income, uh, something relationally bound a lot of times and investing in people not in a transactional sense of I'm trying to do ministry right now, or I'm trying to do this, but in the sense of that, there's a high quality to that leisure. There's a higher quality to that rest that uh, actually serves you better than just sort of trying to turn the off switch on your brain or just going for the really easy default entertainment stuff to rest.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, so many good things there. And it's like, I mean, the older I get, the more I'm, I'm realizing how, how much work is required to rest well, um, that we do <laughs> have to point. put forth effort. I mean, just, just guarding ourselves to, to try to rest properly, but there's so many things. I mean, you, you're talking about reading, I'm um, talking about, you know, walking, being out in creation, um, being in community, mm-hmm. uh, spending quality time with your know, friends and family is, is restful. Um, what w- would have been, I mean, are there, yeah, certain, practices that you try to guard and you think, okay, I've got to have this in place as a restful activity, or it's going to totally, um, you know, be a domino effect in a, in a negative way, besides actually sleeping. And yeah. This.
0: Yeah. A uh, big one for me really is, is reading. And that's probably just how I'm wired. But, um, this actually goes to the morning routine thing. That's why I have in that, that power morning acronym, the reading part, because I think there is something about just reading, spending, especially if you're more introverted, spending a little bit of time mm-hmm. by yourself reading each day. I feel like if I don't do that, things feel out of whack. I feel hurried. I feel rushed. Um, another one for me, I think I mentioned taking walks, but it's that we're here in Michigan. It's It just snowed today. So I'm not going to be taking a walk outside, <laughs> but <laughs> that's a big one to sort of let let my mind wander, um, pray some and just and be outside. Those things are really really, really important to me. I'm trying to get better at <laughs> the, uh, the relational side of things, because that, again, that requires a lot more intention. I don't work with, like, like I work alone at, from a home office. And so I have to be really intentional mm-hmm. and plan and set up appointments with people. And I know I need that because I, I feel like it's so much, I know it's subjective, but it just, I feel so much more rested when I've had some great conversations, especially with brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Christ Um, that, that just recharges me in a way that nothing else does.
1: Yeah. And so going back to, to reading, um, is it e-reader or is it a paper book? Is there an intentionality there? Is it both? Um, Yeah. I've, I've tried to get, you know, it's, I went like really
0: digital by necessity when we did the RV thing. And now that I have, like an office, and my books are out of stores or on a bookshelf. I've really gotten back into physical books. There's just something to mm-hmm. it. Like leaving the phone in the other room, not having any screens on. I don't. I can't quantify. It. I don't know why, but I find it so much more enjoyable and relaxing to read a physical book rather than even like a Kindle with an e-ink screen. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't try to put my finger on the science behind that why that is, but I, I find it. I find it more relaxing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know we're going to be wrapping this up before too long, but as we're talking, I'm, I'm just thinking about earlier conversations we had, but then you talking about just scrolling how that's not always that, that restful. And I'm thinking myself that oftentimes I, I really do uh, appreciate YouTube and use YouTube in productive ways and helpful ways at times, but I can find myself, you know, just scrolling and trying to find something that oftentimes I feel less rested when I do yeah. that. Um, you and I are both off social media. Um, maybe just talk a little bit about that. And again, people can go to your uh, podcast, your your um website where you do talk about getting off social media. But how has that been getting off? Do you feel more rested? Just talk a little bit about that. Yeah,
0: definitely. I I kind of had theorized. I did. I did the whole like dumb phone thing. I don't know four years ago where I I just tried a couple months with not using a smartphone. One of the things I observed Mm -hmm. back then. Was nothing else changed in my life except for removing the phone, and I felt less busy. I thought that was a very strange thing. I'm like, how can I? I'm not. I'm not any less busy. I'm not. Like, I still have as much work and as much pressure, but I don't feel as much anxiety or busyness. And that really got my mind turning. And eventually, I realized that it wasn't. It wasn't the phone as much as it was the social media stuff. And since being totally off of that, I found the same thing again. Now is I. I, I do not feel like life is going at such a fast pace that I can't keep up anymore. And I think a lot of times we pin our anxiety and our busyness, our sense of that on, oh, well, we must just have too much to do. But I, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be prescriptive here, but I, I have just found or maybe I wonder if many of us, it might just be that there's too much information bouncing around in our heads. More than, you know, God is omniscient. We weren't designed to hold all of the world's cares and worries in our minds at the same time. Of course, that's going to stress you out. Even if you don't feel it immediately, the The sum total of that effect of day after day being inundated with all these different things that you bring has no time to process, much less spiritually discern, of course, that's going to wear you out. And I've just find the absence of that I just feel like I'm living at a more human pace. And I, have just, I do not, like we said before the show, I do not regret that decision at all. That's one of the best decisions <laughs> yeah. I've made in the last several years for sure.
1: Yeah, I would absolutely uh, affirm that. And, you know, those who are listening, like you said, not being prescriptive. Um, but you know, if you're out there and maybe feeling a little, uh, overwhelmed, um, could it be that, uh, removing some of this, uh, might uh, help you rest a little, a little better. Um, Reagan, look, it's always good talking to you. I appreciate all the work you're doing. Again, telling everyone, go check out redeemingproductivity.com. Um, but appreciate you taking the time to come on today and talk oh, with me. Thanks
0: for having me. Always enjoy these conversations. Appreciate you, brother.